Welcome to Therapy for Nerds, the show where licensed mental health professionals use their favorite topics like TV, books, games, and movies to provide psychoeducation on mental health. Please note, this is not meant to be a replacement for mental health treatment or services. Hi, and welcome to Therapy for Nerds. I am Casty Russell, along with a guest today, Elizabeth. How are you doing? Hi, I'm really good. I'm really excited for our conversation today. Me too. I had to go back and rewatch all of Fruits Basket, which I didn't actually rewatch. I had never actually watched the remake because the remake is a lot closer to the manga, which is a manga that I in high school really enjoyed. So it was kind of nice revisiting something from basically my childhood and looking at all of the trauma the characters went through, which is what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> yes. Anyways, do you want to start off with Toru? Yeah. Or do you want to start off so, with saying a little bit about yourself? Both, I guess. Uh, so I am technically still a um, doctoral student. So I'm um, studying clinical psychologist. Um, I have a master's degree and I'm working, um, doing therapy and assessments um, right now. But I uh, need to finish that pesky dissertation so as soon as that's done then I can move on with my life and have a life um and for that so and I also do like you know psychology for gigs is sort of like the brand that I'm trying to to get started to help promote that you know including or um using gig culture in the therapeutic section uh, I mean sessions and that's kind of how we got connected right <laughs> which is yeah. great um that and social media yeah, Instagram. I love your Instagram page. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so um, I had actually like written a blog about this sort of to briefly explain some of the trauma that, that we see in the show. And for for Toru, who's like the main character, the one that sort of like stuck out to me the most was just grief, right? Cause she lost her mother, but also when she was really young. Like in anime, it's really hard to tell like how old like the kids are actually are because sometimes they <laughs> the way they dress or the way that like the sizes between like kids and the adults is like really weird so like I'm not exactly sure how old she was but she was tiny when um her dad passed away and mm -hmm. there didn't really seem to be any other family like significant family connections until the mom passed away and mm -hmm. by that time she was what like 14 or so 15 yeah I, yeah. I want to say 15 because I, I think mm -hmm. basically she's like a soft what it would be considered a sophomore in high school in like American terms uh so like yeah 14 15 ish yeah and then <laughs> so we kind of like before we started recording like we were talking about like some of the things that were like really weird um in the anime but like one thing that was really weird were like the grandpa was like can you just find a friend to stay with while like the house is being renovated and then I'm like you're just gonna like completely abandon your 15 year old granddaughter and be like good luck <laughs> hope you find somewhere to stay and like he didn't even check whether yeah, or no. not she actually was staying with someone or like meet the parents or anything nothing yeah nothing and then she gets in trouble by the extended family who called some like private investigator to check in on her and was like oh you're living with unmarried men how could you and it's like well if you wanted to protect her from that kind of stuff, maybe you should have, I don't know, let you live, let her live with you. Like that could have solved that problem. That didn't have to be a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's a lot of, um, I don't, know, I don't know if it's like a cultural thing or just a thing that happens in anime and manga, but that is quite common for adults to blame children and, or like just, you know, teens and be like well you should have known better and I'm like well how how could they have known better they they didn't have anybody an adult they're teenagers like why yeah like come on <laughs> like with you were their, a teenager once, right? yeah with their underdeveloped brains like they're supposed to be more mature and have more solutions than the adults in the room 
Uh, And just no things. Yeah. Yeah. And especially a kid who just lost her main support. Like her, her mother is shown to be her main support throughout the show. And she constantly refers to her mother, even though she's such a, like a happy, uplifting character. And I don't know if you felt this, but like, I found myself sometimes forgetting that the mom died. Like it has to be like within a week of the show starting basically oh my god that's so true okay so i thought yeah because there was like the fight and then like the grandpa won that fight i guess for her custody but then immediately was like well you can come live with me but not now like go find somewhere to live in the meantime so yeah so like it happened really really fast so like because like in my notes I I kind of wrote down that she didn't have time to process this grief Mm -hmm. um and she really didn't she was just like focused on survival and then later she was focused on helping everyone else because and I think there is one point where she does say that she wants to help everyone else because then she doesn't have to think about herself she doesn't have to think about what she wants or what her future is going to be like or what her past was like because then she's so focused on something else. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, yes, we often do that. You know, when something really bad happens, we just want to focus on something else. We don't want to think about it. So forget it. So like it, it doesn't get addressed. You don't think about it. You don't allow yourself to experience any of those emotions. And then, you know, a few years later, or like months later sometimes even weeks like it mm-hmm. comes back and it's like where's this coming from like, you know, remember that time you <laughs> ignored everything and they don't want to do like you don't want to think about these things like that yeah and it often happens when there's like a lull period right like you've accomplished the thing that you've been trying to accomplish so that you don't have to think about whatever it is that you don't want to think about right like mm-hmm. she only starts to really process the death of her mother after she's kind of broken down some of the barriers of the the soma family and like started to get in like into their hearts and into their trauma and really helped them it's only then that she kind of breaks down a little bit because she starts to work through her actual trauma and even then i don't i think there's a lot more that she could go into she's so focused on breaking the curse that and we don't see her after really the curse is broken there's there's a lot that she needs to process yeah because i i mean one of the things that i really enjoyed about like just the anime itself is because there was a lot of reflecting she was kind of like oh wait what are they thinking what's really going on for them to act out or like why are they saying this um so i really enjoyed that part and i think it did help a little bit because um from what i remembered it was kyo the one that basically forced her to start looking at her own trauma and was like wait what about you because he didn't want to look at his own so he's like no you you look at your own and then we'll talk and then that's when she started I was like oh okay yeah maybe there's like things I also like she also needed to to process um but like one of the things that I think lately in my blog that that I wrote about is that that's what we need right like someone to be there like at least one person to like be there and support us and for like basically the entirety of the soma family it, it was it was a uh, toru like mm-hmm. she was the one <clears throat> that accepted them regardless mm-hmm. and even I keep thinking I don't know about you but like everything that Akito did I was like I don't know if I could have been like hey you want to be friends <laughs> you yeah. like traumatize all my friends but we can still be friends no, like, I don't I don't know life. if I, would I, I could not I I could not I I'm not one of those therapists that believes that you have to mend every bridge like some bridges are best left burned like you don't have to reconnect with every toxic toxic person that's ever been in your life and Akito is definitely one of those people where it's like maybe you don't have to spend time with the person that locked you in a room or beat the crap out of you or the person that you loved like yeah 
doesn't seem like doesn't seem healthy yeah sometimes setting that boundary and being like i can't really hang with you and that's okay like i forgive you but we're not gonna be friends or we're not gonna have any communication after this it's fine yeah i don't think (laughs) but but you know then like thinking back is so one of the things that i again, I, that I really like about this anime is that each character had sort of like a slightly different experience and like their personalities were different. But I don't know if you also noticed this, but for Toru, her personality was very almost non-existent. Like she didn't really have a personality other than I'm going to mother everyone. Like I'm going to be everyone's mother and be caring all the time. But she didn't really look say she liked anything she was basically mm-hmm. i feel like she acted, acted kind of like a mirror for everyone where she was like just reflecting back what you know like all the trauma and like negative experiences she was like it's fine like you can still like look at me and you know yeah. look at the mirror and like you're still like, like a person and you're worth something but it almost felt like she didn't really have like like a personality because from the time where her like from her dad's death i think somebody said you don't really or was it is was it that she looked a lot or like she didn't look like her father yeah she didn't look like her father and because yeah. mom had such a bad um reputation i think there was pro- people were probably speculating that it wasn't actually toru's father so she decided to adopt his mannerisms yeah and then i'm like so from my young age she's just put on this mask because that's not like her true self like that's she just started doing that out of like wanting her mom's attention and then she just kept that up because everyone sort of praised her for it Mm -hmm. um yeah and like everything sort of like in her life was like catering to somebody else Mm -hmm. but not like never herself and even towards even at the very end the only thing that was that she did that was like quote-unquote like selfish was wanting to stay with Kyo in a relationship like that was like the only thing that she did oh well I guess the other thing was like living with the somas like yeah and like like, but also like that was also like probably survival because her family where they were mean they were yeah, horrible like, people to her how is that selfish and it's not like she was living at the somas and like free for nothing like she was actively working she was their maid she was their housekeeper like she wasn't how is that selfish you're basically employed full-time as this family's mom yeah. But she was viewing that as a selfish act, wanting to live with these men and be their surrogate mother. Yeah, basically, like, she worked for her room and board because, like, other than that, they didn't really do much for her. No, Like, she, she was the one that was like, just taking care of them. Like, she just existed. Yeah, well, she even the still had... Point. She went to school, still had a part-time job, and then in, like, the Valentine's Day episode they she comments about how she doesn't have any money and they realize it's because she used her money to buy them all chocolates yeah so like they don't give her any extra money it's just food and a roof over her head and then she works for everything else and she even works for those things too so it's like yeah and kyo in the anime was like hey you should be selfish you should ask for some things and she never really follows through with that. Yeah, I feel like the show of... really um, praises her for that too. I don't know much about the Japanese culture, but it just sort of seems like that would be like the ideal woman in in some countries or some cultures where like your responsibility is to be the heart of the home and take care of everyone and yeah it's okay to be selfish every now and then but like like you said like those selfish things are not really selfish things it's like 
just normal human things that we all require for survival you know so yeah it's yeah I definitely noticed in the show she doesn't have much of like an outside personality it's a lot of mirroring because you can even see that in when she has like one-on-one interactions like I'm thinking of her interactions with Momiji she's a little bit more outgoing like smiling happy like Momiji is um when she's with Kyo she's a little bit more like energetic like we're gonna do this um with Yuki she's a little bit more reserved so yeah she's definitely a mirror for other characters and I think that is definitely a survival technique that she adapted from a very young age Mm -hmm. definitely because that's how that's how she befriended everyone basically right she just was kind of like there not judging but not also adding a lot um to the relationship not discussing or not requiring anything from anyone like she just I mean that's one of the things that they say like that she has a really hard time asking for help like any sort of help um and that's how she ends up living in like a tent in the woods yeah and I'm like oh that that's such a like uh anime sort of thing where she's like yeah I, I can do this I can and then like I won't like I think he was like in the first episode or so where she was like I'm gonna go wash my face and I'm like where like <laughs> where's it was there like a river or a pond like nearby a river or something yeah I think there was a river she said like a creek or a river nearby that she was gonna walk to um I think it's also kind of a teenager mentality of just like not really thinking it through but just doing it <laughs> because yeah that's yeah the the thought process I can see I could see one or two of my clients having <laughs> well and it's probably like we all had that phase where we were oh, like yeah. no I know better yeah. and I'm strong enough and like I know stuff and like I'll be able to overcome this by myself I don't need help mm-hmm. and that's a lie (laughs) we all need help (laughs) yes yes we do uh speaking of needing help I think that's a good transition to Kyo because he is definitely in my my opinion a character that needed a lot of help from other people but tried to refuse it um what was what was your experience how do you how did you perceive how he dealt with his grief and his trauma well like pretty much every character he didn't he didn't really (laughs) deal with it he so so toru survived by sort of being everyone's mirror right by not judging people and accepting them just and just reflecting everything back to them primarily like the good qualities that everyone had and kyo survived by building this wall around himself by like he had this anger in him and and he pushed everyone aside he's like no I have already been hurt since he was born basically like oh like he had like I don't know I felt really bad for him because then I kind of forgot that he also witnessed his mother's suicide like he just walked into like not traffic but um like in front of a train like she walked in front of the train and then she also witnessed toru's Mm. mom died yeah and like immediately after he met her and then he was holding on to this secret the whole time and then like he fell in love with her and all these things but so it was a lot of like restraining his emotions like not really showing and whenever he did his emotions were very very loud Mm -hmm. but they tended to sort of come across as like very aggressive very anger focused right like the softer side like his softer side he didn't really show it and when he did he was like well whatever like you want (laughs) to take this thing that for you fine if not then I can just throw it away like you know like it it was very much like I'm gonna help you but 
like but still like don't get too close because yeah. I, I still have this wall like I don't really fully trust people to come too close and like the only person that he had was his his master right his martial artist like master yeah. and he just I don't know he had so much because for him it was um what was it his he was ostracized by like everyone basically because he was the cat like the one thing that they didn't really explain and I was still curious about is like why did he transform why did he have like a second level of transformation why did only the cat have like a monstrous side and not all the other animals I I think it I don't really know if they truly explain it it's just this is how it is i i want to say it's because the cat was an outsider compared to because he was the only one not invited to the banquet although like when you finish the series there's the whole like what actually happened at the banquet and i think mm -hmm. it's it might be because he was the only animal animal that didn't drink the magic potion willingly and at the end he said that he didn't want it and so god punished him for it and also he was like already sick and dying right when yeah. he was given the the potion or whatever and everybody else was healthy i guess yeah. so okay i guess yeah still doesn't make sense but yeah i mean yeah it, it was just another way of like a few to the cat I guess yeah um, yeah when you were talking about his anger it definitely made me think of like I don't know if you've seen the anger iceberg thing oh yeah um which for anyone listening or watching maybe I'll try to find one and put it in the show notes but or a link to to one it's where anger is like the tip of the iceberg the part that you see and then as you go down underwater it's hiding all of these other emotions which I think encapsulates Kyo really well because anger is a very safe emotion for him and mm -hmm. he doesn't feel safe expressing the deep sadness that he has which he has a very deep profound sadness yeah and like just this enormous sense of guilt mm -hmm. because he blames his himself for like being born a cat he blames himself for his mother's suicide for not saving toru's mom for not being good enough to be able to defeat yuki mm -hmm. like he just blames himself for everything because everyone around him blames him too mm -hmm. like and like he's he couldn't really count on his dad and his dad spent basically all of his time trying to imprison him or kill him yeah. <laughs> so um that cannot feel great at all no um, and i think did he also like i think there was it was sort of like hinted at that because of dad's like alcoholism like he was verbally and physically abusive towards his mother yeah it was definitely hinted that the dad's physical and like verbal abuse could have contributed to the mother's suicide yeah, and like I'm pretty sure he witnessed that as well, heard it at least. He was like old enough to remember mm -hmm. all of those things. So, so he basically just turned around, built a wall, and tried to place the blame on someone else. And like that's when we do, like when we feel really guilty about something, we try to find an explanation why we feel guilty. It's not us, it's someone else. It's because my dad told me to do this, or like my dad left us when we were little, or you know so-and-so didn't tell me or didn't give me that information or like my coworker, whatever like somebody else needs to be responsible because it's not me because then if it's me then that means I'm the problem there's something wrong with me you know like and it just kind of like spirals downwards from there and then so his dad probably also had some sort of trauma that led him to you know pick up this um habit of drinking his problem or trying to drink his problems away blaming someone else and then he in turn turn around and just blame yuki yuki is responsible for this like it's it was the mouse or, or yeah um it was because of you it was not me or the rat it was it was the rat's fault and then so like he centered his whole life around trying to do that but then it didn't work 
the, the other thing too i was like okay so kyo spent all his time training yuki never trained yet he was better and i'm like i don't know <laughs> like it's one of those like anime things where they're like oh well, he was just a genius and that's how yeah that's the explanation <laughs> but yeah they also say that yuki's like a sickly child but he still can kick kyo's butt like that that's something i didn't quite understand was like how yuki could be both this sickly child but then also this amazing prodigy like martial artist right yeah because yeah, then he had like well he like some problem with his lungs or something i think is what like how they tried to explain it yeah he had asthma or something and then yeah. So shifting our gears to Yuki because there's a lot of trauma to be shared and he definitely had his share of trauma. Um, he was an interesting case, definitely a lot more introspective regarding his trauma. Uh, what would you say? Compared to Kyo, for sure, because Kyo was like, I'm not going to think about this. I'm not. I'm just going to like try to defeat Yuki. And that's like my whole personality, my whole everything. <laughs> and for Yuki, for that one's like, I guess, more explainable because he spends so much time sort of locked in the room by himself. Yeah, that's true. So he could do nothing else but think. And and Kyo, in some way or another, he was always surrounded by people. Like they were not not always nice to him. But so, you know, hence the whole building a barrier to push everyone away. But Yuki was kind of forced to to suffer in isolation. And like, I think the, the thing that broke my heart the most for, for him specifically is that every time he tried to reach out, they were like, no, you're making you need to make us look good. And this is for the good of the family and go hang out with the, the head of the family or whatever. Like, this is your duty. And then like his older brother was like, I have my own problems to deal with. Like, I have no time for you. And then so he he had no one to turn to. Mm -hmm. At all, like, <clears throat> except maybe uh, and I'm totally forgetting his name now. The well, one they're turning to the cow. Or yeah, the hard. Hard. yeah. 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 He was basically, in in a sense, I felt like he was the one that started doing what Toru ended up doing for everyone. He was trying to be the one person, you know, that helped them. But then he couldn't really, because he also had his own problems. And he was trying his, like, very best to, like, go visit um, Yuki. And he was responsible for... Um, Yuki eventually moving with um oh man names man the one that turns into the dog oh man I'm blanking on his name too <laughs> uh, and, and it's like really also like kind of hard to for me to pronounce so like I try not to think about it <laughs> but Nahoru was the one that was sort of like begged and he was like I'll do anything if you helped him um we can probably do like five or six different episodes. Sugar Ray. Just... Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray. Sugar, yeah. yeah. He he was also like a very interesting character because, well, out of all of the characters, he was probably the only one that was somewhat stable because he was like, yeah, I'm a mean person and I'm going to lie and cheat and trick everyone in order to get what I want. And that's just who I am. And like, you take me or you take me. Like, this is it. Like, I'm not going to change. I'm not ashamed of this. Like, this is just yeah. who I am. And um, like, I don't know how there was stable that is, though, to be. <laughs> well, I guess I'm saying like stable enough where he was like, um, he knew where he stood. Like, he's the one that sort of understood himself and where he wanted. And like, he tried to do something to get it. But everyone else was kind of like, this is it. Like, this is my life now. I can't do anything about it to change. And Sugar was like, no. I am going to make this better. Like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to get what I want. He, he, I mean, he probably also did, like, horrible things. And oh, there was horrible way things. better options available. Horrible. But, um, 
I mean, in a sense, yeah, he he was probably like the one that understood himself, I guess, enough. Yeah. To. I don't remember what the fandom was like, like I, because it's been so long. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if he started off as like a lot of people's favorite character because he's like the funny kind of pervert but also like he seems an, like an overall nice guy like he lets Toro stay he doesn't really make any sort of overt moves on her um but and then you get to like halfway through the series and you start to be like no this guy's kind of shady and then you get to the end of the series and you're like he was really shady the whole time this guy's like he was 10 and he was already planning everything i was like um any if you could remember your girlfriend's birth you're probably too old for her like if you remember her mom being pregnant you're too old for her I mean, that was one of the one of the several relationships that were probably not as healthy as, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I did, I guess, appreciate about the show is that in some way or another, they attempted to, because they we saw like all of their journeys, like how they got started, like what how their trauma got started, right? Mm -hmm. And then sort of like how they experienced and like the little, like how they kind of, it, it was kind of like spread out their, their healing journey was kind of like spread out a little bit. So like, you know, they will get better they understand a little bit better or they reached out for help and whatever it was that mm -hmm. that they needed um and all of them had some sort of peace at the end or mm -hmm. made peace with what had happened before um but it just um in some ways it kind of it kind of washes it or like um it, it's very superficial because I'm sure, like, one of my favorite characters was Momiji. Mm -hmm. And his story just makes me so sad. Because from the get-go, he was like, I understand. I understand why mom is like this. I understand why I have to live like this. Don't like it. And I'm going to do whatever I can so, to make sure that they're okay. And then in the end, they couldn't even tell the mom, this is your son. But then also, you look exactly like her. And she's all like someone else's kid and I was like oh yes because like a German and Japanese child is very common <laughs> to be seen around like I that looks exactly like you I don't know there's like a lot of like little loopholes that I was like mm, I don't really buy this yeah it, it, they don't show I, I do wonder what they did with that after the curse was broken because I don't think they they show they showed him interact with his mom uh before he started telling people that his curse was broken and mm -hmm. so i wonder if he went back like after because when he was able to like tell his dad and every like everyone knew that the curse was broken i wonder if they went back and like told her the truth and everything especially because the little sister wanted to have a relationship with him and that was just so I sad i know and like so i guess talking about like parenting because we were like everyone like needs at least one person to believe in them right and for Toru it was his mom and then his mom's memory or her mom's memories mm -hmm. um because a lot of the things like she would just constantly talk about her mother mm -hmm. and like the life lessons that you know that she imparted on her mm -hmm. and that's how she kind of that I guess another way to cope like remembering her and her, carrying her picture everywhere she went and talking to her was kind of how she still felt that connection with her. Kyo had his his master. And Yuki eventually, like the at the end, he said, like, you were like a mother to me because his mother was not really there. Eventually he like made up with his brother. And then so that helped a lot, I think. And for him, it was because he was isolated for most of his like childhood because of Akito. Mm -hmm. Um building, just having friends like real friends and being able to be himself that that was 
really helpful for him and like momiji had like his dad even though his dad was like i'm so sorry you have to go through this but like this is for everyone's benefit and it probably was because then the mom would have just continued to like spiral yeah um and um i mean toru also had her friends but she didn't really rely on them like at all mm-hmm. and they didn't really know what was really going on with her nobody knew actually until like Kyo started well, I guess because of their love he paid more attention to her so he pointed out the things that he he was noticing that mm-hmm. she didn't want anyone to know but then like you said like a part of me I was like okay well I kind of understand like Akito's perspective because she was told uh well not only was she like raised to be uh, a man since she was little um so she had to hide who she really was mm-hmm. but she didn't really have an adult that was supportive like all the adults that were around her that were supportive were not great role models <laughs> at all like the mom had her own like unresolved grief um of her husband dying and it hated her hated like it. that was that was obsessive, obsessive. yeah like well, that didn't make any sense to me that character did not make any sense to me <laughs> like yeah and then there was sugare who was like also there but also his love was expressed in a really weird way and he was so much older than her um i don't know it it was really weird um the only person that was kind of okay was mm, that guy that turned into the rooster i forgot his name i I don't even know if i would agree with that um well like Kirino. because if, yeah Kurino, yeah he well later he realized that he messed up by staying and like yeah. listening to her like childish request um to stay and when he should have like left and he acted like he just sort of gave up on his life and was like i'll do whatever it takes and i'll just do whatever it is that you tell me and that wasn't like necessarily healthy Mm-hmm. um well, I, I don't think one. i don't think a child should be considered like the head of the family because it ruins the family dynamics right like there's a reason why children shouldn't be put in charge of everything like there's a reason why when you're a parent you don't just tell your kids like oh yeah you can do whatever you want because whatever they want might not be healthy it might not be safe (laughs) and akito from like an early age was basically told like oh you're god you can say and do whatever you want and the adults around her were very indulgent in any little whim and everyone was just supposed to roll with it uh, which... yeah it was a very much like a hierarchical kind of thing because even like the the nanny or the lady that like helped her was like yeah you're the head of the family like you are the chosen one or whatever and the dad has these really weird ideas of like you deserve everyone's love and everyone's gonna love you and I'm like um <laughs> you can't tell that to a child it, and like and like you said like you brought it up like a lot of the times parents also um, will say things like, oh, you're the man of the house now. Like, I'm going to go on a business trip or like, you know, it happens a lot with, um, you know, servicemen, active military, where they're like, you help your mother, you do this. And the kid is like four. And then so like you said, like it breaks the the dynamics of, of the house because then the kid's like, I'm responsible. I get to do whatever I get to decide. And then the mom's like, no, <laughs> you don't know none of that is true but then the child feels that sense of responsibility and a lot of these characters were forced to 
grow up and a lot of them didn't really have like a childhood like they didn't really experience what we hope our kids have you know the possibility of the opportunity to experience they just and especially Akito like she Mm -hmm. she didn't like I'm, I think she was like already like in her mate in her tw- early twenties, like uh when the show started, mm-hmm. and but from, and I don't know when she actually started taking care of like the families, like businesses and stuff, um, but she was still too young to to be to have been told that that you're responsible and you can do whatever because she had that idea like I my dad told me I could do whatever I wanted with you guys so whether it's abusing them or traumatizing them or you know having sex with them it like it didn't matter like she could do whatever she wanted and like she had no respect for anybody at all yeah it was always about what she wanted what was what she thought was best for her even if it wasn't what was best for her because I don't think her having sex with grown men when she was probably a teenager was the best thing for her yeah and and, I mean not only having like all that power but all those like unrealistic expectation everyone was placing on her must have been difficult but also it was like it was all a mask too like that's not who she really was like that's who she presented like how she presented herself um mm-hmm. to everyone because she thought that's what she was supposed to do that's what her dad told her um mm-hmm. but there was a lot of projecting on her part like everything like she was going through her own thing like her own trauma of like her mother hating mm-hmm. her and her dad dying and then she was given yuki to play with her but then she's yeah, like everything is dark <laughs> and like i'm depressed so you'll be depressed too like it was like yeah it yeah the fact that she could be given a child as a child because they don't i try to do a quick search to see how old she is um but of course the thing that i'm looking at doesn't have her age but she can't be more than a few years older than um Kyo and Yuki so it's yeah it's it's odd the thought of giving a child another child as like your their plaything, and that's just considered okay within the family and people just went with it there were just so many adults that were basically responsible for a lot of the trauma that happened because nobody said anything. And like, um, it, once Toru started talking about how she wanted to break the curse, the I think at one point the adults were like, uh, and us as the adults, we're not even doing anything. We're just going along with it and we accept that this is life. And I'm like, it felt like it should have been like almost the other way around because they were already like I don't know what like seven to ten years old when Akito was born so they kind of had a different existence like they weren't us not to dismiss their own trauma but they they submitted right away to to Akito's will and they were like this is this is it this is life I guess this is and like there was no I guess they also didn't really have anyone else to to turn to either because the adults were like this is a weird secret we have to keep like you turn into a different animal (laughs) like if somebody of the opposite sex hugs you so that's already like and you wouldn't even talk about that, <laughs> like how traumatizing it is to like not be able to hug your parents, yeah, um, or like any of your friends or any any family, anything. Yeah, it that would be really odd. Like, uh, the one thing that like really choked me up a little bit too was one uh, hero, the the sheep when his curse was broken and the first thing he does is go and hugs his baby sister 
like oh yeah <laughs> yeah I mean for it was for him and then like Yuki also did that like when he felt it he hugged um who then later became his girlfriend mm-hmm. and and Kyo hugged uh Toru mm-hmm. but yeah it was <laughs> yeah it was it was really sad that just a basic human connection it was sort of completely eliminated for most of them because some of them did have like a male figure in their life I guess but it wasn't a parent or yeah. the parent like completely shunned them because they didn't they couldn't care less about them yeah that's that's hard yeah I couldn't imagine not being able to hug my loved ones that would be that, w- that definitely would be traumatic in and of itself one of the things that I kind of find difficult sometimes is being part of the mental health field is that um you start noticing like throughout like your your studying and experiences you start noticing all the great areas that happen so so it's even though Akito did horrible horrible things I'm like but I get it like I understand why <laughs> like it's not I'm not saying like it's justified or like it's cool mm-hmm. that you did that like it's horrible like you should not yeah. have done that but like I-, I can see why and like a lot of these people they sort of took on mm-hmm. whatever they experience is what they portrayed to another person right or like how what because they each in some ways they had somewhat of a similar trauma where like they were abandoned whether it was like a death or like they were shunned but they were abandoned by like the adults in in their in their family. There was a lot of um, verbal abuse mm-hmm. uh, for a lot, like bullying adults, kids at school. There's a lot of that. What I always tell my clients is we can have a reason for behavior, but it's not an excuse. So even though like we can see the reasons for Akito's behavior, it's it's not an excuse. She's still awful. No, and, and I think that's what a lot of her like cousins ended up just viewing it as mm-hmm. as well, I can understand. So yeah, I guess, you know, like yeah. Because like I don't know, like Momichi, like I said, he's like one of my favorites. And like so I paid more attention to his story too. And like even though he was like this happy go lucky sort of kid who was like always trying to like, you know, be friendly and 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 be happy all the time, there were times where he was really mean. Where he was like at the end, where like Akito was waiting outside of the hospital, like not wanting to like go inside and visit uh Kurano and um and Toru. Mm-hmm. he's like oh it's a good thing they're dumb huh because otherwise you will be in jail right now and I was like wait a minute that's so true like nobody thought I'm gonna go to the police and get her arrested because mm-hmm. oh at least for Kurano she stabbed him yeah <laughs> yeah like Toru was kind of like more or less an accident but for Kurano she like flat out was like oh, yeah, she I'm just flat out now. stabbed him and left him for dead yeah and then he was like, and then in the end, he was like, okay, I'm going to leave because then otherwise she's never going to forgive herself. And I'm like, you're still thinking about her. You're still like catering to her. And that's like not good. And I, so like, I have a, I have a dog and um, there's this thing going like on TikTok for a while where they're like, yeah, I spoiled my dog. Like, what is the worst thing that can happen if you spoil a pet? Like, it's not like spoiling a kid. It's completely different. And like, sometimes like I I understand like you know wanting to give your child everything that you didn't have growing up or like wanting them to be safe and all these things but they also have to have experiences where they fail and get up you know like on their own they can't really have that expectation because Akito was like everyone is going to do everything for me Mm -hmm. you know and I can do whatever I want and that's that's not healthy at all for anybody adults or child um that's not we are just as humans we are all social social creatures so we do depend on others like yeah you know we we need another person to be there um for us but 
there has to be a level of independence in in certain things you know yeah and there has to be a level of self-awareness towards self-correction because there are times where you're going to do a social faux pas like that's just how things go in life and you're you have to recognize it and then be able to adapt and change and she never had to adapt and change because all of her social faux pas were just glossed over ignored catered to Mm -hmm. I I thought her I don't know if it was like this in the manga as well because I have not read it but in in the anime felt like really like her change was very very sudden like it came out of nowhere because she was like okay she she did have like a mental breakdown when she stopped Kurano and then like was trying to fight her mom Mm -hmm. and she came to some realizations but then she did like a 180 like almost overnight and then I'm like um I don't know it's been well over a decade since I read the manga but it I the anime to my remembrance is very the remake at least is very close to it so I wouldn't be surprised if it is that quick but yeah I understand I felt like it was very quick too I'm glad that at least she didn't go to like the 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 party that they were throwing for Kyo and Toru because that would have felt a little bit like okay you you're you guys are all forgiven this girl (laughs) way too fast yeah uh, so she at least had some knowledge of like, I probably wouldn't be welcome here. I probably still need to do a little bit more repentance before I'm invited to this kind of, that kind of party atmosphere. Well, I appreciated that in the end, she was like, not necessarily apologize. I mean, I think she should have apologized and be like, I made a mistake, I'm sorry. Because if, even just saying that, like it wasn't going to change anything that she did. But it's it's really healing for both persons. Like for her, it could have been extremely healing. And for the people to hear it, that like, hey, I also had things I was struggling with. Not an excuse, like you said, but, you know, like I'm trying to do better. And like, hope you forgive me one day um, <clears throat> or whatever. But yeah it it was just a little a little too fast um her change I know like throughout like um she started to realize or like um I think when Toru sort of came more into the picture and started um meeting a lot of the, or, like the other Zodiac members mm-hmm. she Akito started like having these realizations of like oh wait a minute like this person's going to leave me but it wasn't like a full awareness of like it's because of my horrible attitude and like everything that I did to them like she wasn't quite at that place yet and then like after her conversation with Toru it was kind of like oh I suddenly understand everything about myself now and I'm like (laughs) like what did you eat that day and so I can recommend it to everyone in my life and like all of my clients because that it's really hard to get to that point where you like it takes years for you to like realize and like process all these things and especially when it comes to to things that that you did right like um if I were to go out and commit a horrible crime um it's it's a lot harder I think to come to this sort of realization and even sort of like self-acceptance of what happened and who I am and what I did um than you know experiencing some sort of loss or trauma okay everyone is different in their own journeys and stuff but like it's it's, it doesn't happen overnight. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, and that's not how therapy works either. Uh, oh, I I people... We haven't tried falling off a cliff in front of our clients. <laughs> but that might be true. the solution. <laughs> yeah. Very true. I don't I don't think I'll, I really want to do that. Uh, I'll, I'll try to continue discovering some sort of magic wand or something. But yeah, uh, <laughs> magic yeah. wand would be better. But apparently falling off a cliff isn't... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's the key <laughs> yeah, that's, that's... for them to realize other wrongs okay i'll have to try that next time i'm having a really difficult time with a <laughs> just fall off a cliff that, that'll that be my answer <laughs> my on accident because it can't body. be their fault or your fault it has yeah. to be an accident so yeah they have to be reaching for my hand and then i just fall away <laughs> right but then you're okay, like completely okay. Yeah, no then, then I'm okay. Like, yeah. 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 No, no long-term damage. No. <laughs> yeah. No, none of that. I mean, I, I did appreciate the fact that they kind of hinted at the fact that Tio and Toru stayed together. Yeah. Um, well into, you know, their, <laughs> their aging years. Um, but I, I would have liked to see them like a, f- a few more episodes of them just being happy you yeah. know after the the curse was broken because he was very much like left to the imagine imagination and i'm like no just just give me a little bit more because they were miserable the whole time like everyone was for like one reason or another um yeah no <laughs> just a little yeah or a side story because i know for well it, it wasn't I don't know I, I watched it like several years ago for like the first time so like I didn't watch or didn't read it when it was coming out so it wasn't really part of like the fandom at that time but um I would have liked to see maybe like a uh, a novel that came out afterwards I know there's the movie right or like the prequel I kind of started yeah, watching it but I think it's about Toru's mm-hmm. parents yeah yeah, but that relationship was also. I did not watch it, but I heard there is a big age gap. Yes, because the first time that they met, like the mom and the dad met, he was a teacher at her like middle school. Oh, and he was he was just a student, so he was like I guess collecting hours or whatever. But he was still an adult, and she was a t- like early teenager, like fifteen or something like that. Well, and I didn't I didn't finish it, so like I don't know like how old she was when they got together, but there was still like a massive age gap. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that show and the massive age gaps. <laughs> there's like five different relationships that i was like no that is not okay and the cousins the getting with your cousin i mean they don't say like how closely related the the members of the family are but it's it's interesting how they get you to like root for couples and then you remember that they're co- that they are at least somewhat related because they're all part of the soma family mm-hmm. right like um like the the ram and tiger and the cow and horse like the they're cousins well at least <laughs> at least the the little kids they were like closer in age and they weren't necessarily in a relationship like they kind of liked each other <laughs> so it was like it was still very sort of like innocent i guess yeah, um but but the teenage ones like the teenage relationship that was yeah <laughs> there's a lot going on <laughs> this is like there's so much we could get into this show but i think <laughs> i think we're gonna have to close up here <laughs> but maybe we could do a part two or i would love to have you on for another episode sometime <laughs> this is great thank you for all of your uh inspiration my complaining like... and my ranting about how this show was so weird i mean <laughs> it is really good because it gets you to think it Mm -hmm. really definitely gets you to think about your own emotions Mm -hmm. it shows you how the emotions um can be shown or felt like with different people and how they come about Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of reflection going on with all of the characters like their inner thoughts um it's really amazing there's a lot of like really shady things (laughs) that um we don't recommend you engage in any of that but um but yeah, it, it's quite interesting and it definitely is something you can watch and then discuss <laughs> with someone else. 
Yes, let us know what your thoughts were on the the trauma and how people expressed it in or characters expressed it in the show. How does that relate to maybe how you express trauma? Let us know in the comment section. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please comment, like, subscribe, and follow us on social media. Remember to be kind to yourselves this week.